Hello, listeners. Um, welcome to the very first Blighty Talks Bricks. Um, I'm sitting on a sofa um, doing something I never thought I was ever going to do. And contrary to belief, uh, me doing a podcast was not something I never, ever considered. Um, but uh, a number of people, uh, particularly in the property industry, and a number of friends have actually mentioned to me that it might be a good thing to do. And um, so we've taken the plunge and I just want to thank everyone for putting together this wonderful set in our office over in Bishop Stortford. Um, this is the very first podcast um, and it's going to be uh, an introduction to, um, I suppose, me in all truth in the first situation. But we've got a series of wonderful guests lined up coming in the future. Uh, the basis is property related. We will touch on mental awareness. We'll also touch on uh, charities of, of our guests, if they've got any particular chosen charities. But I suppose the real thing, the key thing today is, is for you people that don't know me is to get to know me. And um, one of the things that we thought we would do is we'd bring along two people that certainly have known me all of their life, um, but two people that are uh, very close to me. Um, one's my son and my best mate. Uh, and the other one is his, his big pal, Finn. Um, and these guys have been on a 26-year a journey with me um, through thick and thin. Um, both of them have got links to the property industry. And I think that they're both super guys. So I think uh, no one better, really, to um, actually um, get in the inside of my tiny little mind and, and talk about the things that I'm passionate about, which are property, sport, all sports. Um, and also to talk to me about some of my personal things. So um, without further ado, just let me introduce my two guests, um, Harry and Finn, two um, just super guys for me, super guys and guys that I'm you know comfortable with and, and I'm sure they're going to give me a, a nice grilling today to try and get into the inside of me. Welcome, chaps. Thanks very much. That's the Thank aim. Uh, yeah, thanks, very, thanks very much for having me. Um, I do work in the development and property industry, uh, I, I work in comms for a company called PDL, um, but that's not why I'm here. It's not my looks either. Um, <coughs> but the, the reason why I'm here is because I obviously my best mate and I see you as a, a mate as well, first and foremost. Um, and I think it's a really exciting project you've got here that um, can grow exponentially. So to start by actually understanding you, getting to know you, I think that's that's the beauty of this. Yeah, um, echoing Finn there, thank you for having us on and, and sort of trusting in us to deliver episode one. Um, a bit like Finn, work in the industry as well uh, as a land agent and budding developer. Um, been in the industry about six years now and yeah, just excited to do something a bit out of our comfort zones as well. I think the podcast is always, you can be the best talker and be the best character, but it's always going to be out of comfort zones, I think, until you do it regularly. Yeah. every week so and that's the that's the hope isn't it every week episodes every month or just regular episodes absolutely i mean the aim is to uh, as i sort of touched on to get a series of people that are involved in the property industry people that i've been in the industry for 40 years now um this is where you're supposed to say you, you don't, don't look at right well <laughs> that one well done um no so 40 years in the industry i think everything i do i'm passionate um and i'm passionate about the industry and i think that the industry doesn't look after itself. I think it it takes a lot of stick from the public. It takes a lot of stick from governments, whatever government that is, left or right. 
and I think that people overlook the good that it does. Um, there's there's some amazing stats and numbers, but the industry is also um, full of characters, really good people. There's a lot of really good, genuine people in it. And I think the other thing that it does, and I've noticed this as I'm getting older, it allows people to come in the industry that, that didn't do well in academia. You know, I left school with literally nothing, no qualifications. Um, Harry will know this, I can only write in capitals. Um, my spelling's not great, don't ask me to add up. Um, I literally left school with nothing. Um, there was an element I wanted to be a professional golfer and I failed that, but the property industry, if you're, if you're passionate, if you're willing to learn, it allows you to come into it and there's no barriers. And I think a lot of industries out there today, a lot of careers out there, if you don't leave school or university, it won't consider you. Yeah, and I absolutely. think that's where the property sector is fantastic because it allows people to come in and show themselves off in a different light maybe that they didn't understand. Before we get into the background, because I think it is important to understand where you came from, uh, what area and how you got into property, Do you would you listen to podcasts normally? Would you have friends that listen to podcasts in the industry? or uh, Podcasts, um, I'm a late developer in lots of things. Podcasts really have only just come into my life, if I'm honest, in the last couple of years. I mean, I, I did look up to see when podcasts, I thought it was new. But the first podcasts, I'm told, were done in 2004. And before that, I think they were called audio blogs. Um, I don't listen to pod. Well, I do now. I didn't listen to podcasts. Um, I'm sort of wrapped up in news, radio, sports, music, um, read books occasionally. But no, so podcasts are a really new thing for me. And as I say, certainly outside of my comfort zone. Because you listen to a few. Are there many property ones? There's, there's a couple out there, but I think this is quite novel in the fact that it addresses something a bit different as well, rather than being an industry-specific sort yeah. of, you know, that you're quite limited in that sphere. Yeah, and, I don't, and, and you know, when, we, when, when people came to me and started talking about these things, I, I really wanted to have some, I don't want to use the word controversy, but some challenge. Um, as I say, I don't think the industry looks after itself well enough, and I think we should challenge some of the things that we're accused of. I think it's also worth taking on board that um, in this day and age... Great Britain PLC, we don't make a lot. We, we're not industrious as such. The biggest industry we've got in the UK is the construction industry. If we're happy to accept that 70 million people live in the UK, um, we've only got 32.8 million that have got some form of job. And I think, therefore, that our governments, left and right, should actually take more guidance from the professionals and the people that know what they're doing. I think we should listen more to what our planning system's about and I think we should invest more. Um, you know, people in employment pay taxes. People that pay taxes give Great Britain PLC more money to look after people. Um, and until we address those things, and I think also, you know, I mentioned about mental wellness and I'm sure you guys are going to ask me some questions. You know, I struggle. I struggle with my mental awareness, you know. Um, and I think that when I was growing up, my dad, my uncles and his mates, it wasn't cool to be emotional. I don't recall ever seeing my dad's, my uncles or my mates cry. Um, even me crying up as a, as a 
a little boy. It was, you know, you're considered to be a baby if you cried. I do cry. I mean, I cry at the opening of a crisp packet and I'm a nightmare. <laughs> um, that emotion now, is, it's, it's more acceptable for that to be out there. And I think that's a good thing. Whether or not, and this is a question I want to put to our guests, particularly from the sporting world, whether or not we've gone too far with mental awareness, I don't know. Whether, you know, the pendulum needed to move in every situation, be it cultural, be it sexism, be it racist, anything you want to, it needed to, it needed to move, it needed to be better. And, and, it, and it is. Whether or not in some areas that's gone too far, I don't know. And that's one of the things I also want to bring in on the podcast. I think the, the beauty of talking about it here and also our generation as well, we'll go into pubs and speak about mental health, how are you today? And it's not just a flippant question, it is how are you today? And I think that can only be a positive, that we're actually more open to speaking about it. And obviously 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, you wouldn't have in your wildest dreams have seen you sit, sitting here talking about mental health with with everyone really um no. i think that's only a good thing well i think my relation you know i, I had a, an amazing relationship with my dad and and i hope harry's not going to question me on this one i f hope i've got an amazing relationship <laughs> with my son but um certainly the relationship with harry is is more emotional uh, my dad loved me i mean my parents i mean i come from the east end of london i was yeah. born in bart's hospital which um in the sound of bow bells and that makes me a true cockney yeah um, I'm a very proud Londoner. Um, emotioned, I was loved. We, I lived on a council estate. We didn't have any money. I was worshipped with love, probably why I'm confident in some things. Um, I remember my mum telling me one day that when I'd had a bad day at school that nobody was better than me, um, but I was no better than anyone else. And yeah. That just stuck with me. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know, Harry, over to you. I mean, you've seen the emotional side. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it comes from, um, like you say, a lot of it is, is confidence and having that security, and that's why I think bringing it to sort of in the office is quite a, a nice way to open it up in a in a comfort sort of somewhere that feels a, a little bit like home in a way. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where you probably feel at your safest to open up and talk about those things. It's well, having that secure network yeah. that you can speak to. Well, I've run BPC now, the group, for 28 years uh, in April. Um, April's Fool's Day, to be opened. I mean, why did we ever <laughs> do that? I mean, I'm sure some people didn't believe it. But, um, that's our anniversary date. But I the peop I was lucky. The people that I worked for um, were, were kind to me. They were, they still are. Lots of them are still in my life and they're mentors. Um, but they made a nice working environment and I always worked on the principle, you know, we all, we all want to live somewhere that's nice. So mm. when I came to the office, I wanted it to be nice and I, and I don't want to shout and scream at people. I have done, I have done and I've lost my temper at times and, and I look back and, and that embarrasses me. You know, I could have dealt with things so much better. I do think I own it. I think the moment I realise I do something wrong, then I'm, I own it. Is that not needed at times, though, losing temper and...? Well, I think to put a few Fs into people occasionally, yeah. Um, it does seem, I mean, if you look at our government, particularly the government we've got now, I mean, it seems that when, when people get together and make a lot of noise, they take some sort of uh, view of it. And the pressure at the moment, I mean, you know, 40 years, um, I don't think 
it's ever been as tough as it is now. I think I call it the perfect storm. I think the things that we have in the in in the country alone, in the industry, um, we have this situation where so many um, tough things are aligned together. I mean, if you want to go back, it wasn't that long ago that mortgage rates were one and a half percent. They now sit at five and a bit percent. Um, that's the base rate. They've gone up in a very short period of time. They needed to go up because interest rates were too low. Um, so that adjustment needed to come. Whether market forces could have dealt with that a little bit differently, maybe. But it's the other things that come with it. It's not only just the interest rates. Your shopping basket. Whether you shop at Audi, whether you shop at Waitrose, your shopping basket is 30-odd percent more than it was. Um, your electricity bill, your gas bill, uh, just to keep your house alight and warm, is probably three times what it was. Um, we also have on top of that that, you know, filling your car up, whether it's diesel or petrol, or whether you're plugging it in the wall, is probably nearly twice as much as it was. Um, and we also have the other thing that I don't think it's a bit of a taboo subject, and I'm quite a strong believer in it, um, We've lost the work ethic in the UK. You know, I'm not a lover of work from home. And actually, no, let me put it right. I hate work from home. Yeah. I don't think that is... Uh, it's, it's, I don't think it works. I don't think you... Um, it's good for anyone's mental well-being. I get that there are certain people that before COVID did work from home and have probably run some fantastic businesses from their garden shed mm. or their bedroom. But in the main, Great Britain PLC needs, it work, it needs the workforce at work. Mm. And I know, you know, I grew up on a council estate and the aim was retirement and the aim people tried, didn't, you know, to be honest, people wanted to work as le least as they could. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone wants to have a, a fast car or a, yeah. a, a big holiday. <coughs> different ambitions. Should, yeah, the ambitions are different. So that for me, the work ethic it, on top of what we got is, is put us in a real it's tough compounded position. Compounded it all, yeah. Absolutely. And also mortgage products. Yeah, you know, people don't talk about the mortgage products, but there are very few mortgage products out there for first-time buyers that have got five or ten percent deposit. Yeah. If you've got twenty, twenty-five percent, fantastic. But the products are not out there, and we need the, the first-time buyers to come in the market. Go back to what I said about this being the biggest industry in the country to keep generating. Yeah, and until that alters, we we have a problem. Would you have started? Obviously, was it twenty-eight years ago you started BPC? Yeah. Would you have started it now, given the circumstances, in these circumstances? Would you have done it again? I, I think there's two answers to that question. Um, my ambition, um, I'm, ne I'm nearly 60. Um, my ambition now is greater than it's ever been. So I would say yes from that point of view. But to be perfectly honest, I don't actually think that you could start BPC today, what we started doing then. What was doing, I yeah. think that yeah. there's a number of rules, regulations... Um, some of which are good, some of which are not good. I, don't, I think it's, any, it's really difficult for anyone now to be an entrepreneur mm. um, and start something from scratch. And we literally did, you know, start it from scratch. Yeah. Um, so Was I'd it just yourself that started BBC? No, it was three oh. of us. There were three partners that were involved. Right. Um, one left after eight years, the other one left after 20 years. Um I don't think we could start it, to be honest, Finn. I don't think we could do that today. 
That's scary, that. And I think it's harder in everything today. You know, I, mm. I'm, I'm going to contradict myself now. I'm also not a lover of social media. Yeah. Um, you know. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a big favor there. Four people have just turned <laughs> off, you know, gone from five viewers down to one. But um, no, I don't, I think there's so much pressure. Look, I, I was lucky. I went through school with one bullying incident um, and it was minor. I hear some terrible stories now about social media bullying of kids yeah, in it's school. Scary, yeah. um, you know, some kids are just so relieved to get out of school. Well, now when they get out with social media, they don't get away no, from it. Okay. And, and I hear these stories and it breaks my heart. I also think that social media, I think they whip things up. Um, so I think there's a lot that the world's got to answer for. That said, it's, it's no point complaining about it. It's here. But, but I do think it's very important that your voice gets heard. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is the beauty of this podcast that uh, I obviously work in comms and you're saying about I don't, you don't think the industry sticks up for itself enough. And I think there are so many mistruths out there or just misunderstandings 100%. of the development industry from the everyday person that I speak to at consultations or events that they all think these de greedy developers is, is a term yeah. I hear all the time. And this is an opportunity to quell that. You know, and, I, and I, it'll be interesting to see whether the, the industry gets behind this podcast and behind me and, and what our guests say. Um, but, you know, there's success in everything that people do that is good. And, you know, so people are telling me that in the pharmaceutical industry, there's not big earners. People are telling me in the banking industry, there's not mm. big earners. In yeah. the sports industry, not big earners. Doctors... You know, top doctors and surgeons, you know, not big earners. Mm -hmm. Of course they are. Yeah. 100%. And, and we sh it's the same as what we've done with our, sp our sports people over the years. You know, we, we get a great sports person and we want to knock them down. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm an old dinosaur, but I go back to the days of Steve Davis, you know, snooker player. I mean, believe it or not, snooker was massive on TV back in the day. Um, and Steve Davis was clean cut. He was, he was the best of the best. But we picked on him because we, we tried to make him said he, he was boring. I mean, mm. he had the nickname of Steve Interesting Davis, you know. Yeah. Every time we get, a, you know, we've seen it with um, our people, motor racing drivers. You know, mm. we pick on Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Although sometimes I think he doesn't help himself. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, Andy Murray. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what it is wrong with us that we, we, never, we never applaud so many wonderful... Why do we think that so many people around the world want to come to Great Britain? Mm. Well, there's a reason. It's because it's a bloody good country. Yeah, It's got yeah. a lot of fantastic things. And I think that's where we need to start getting the message out. And yeah. and if and I've had people say to me that, you know, um, maybe because I'm not attached, you know, we, we don't have bank borrowing in our business. We don't have shareholders other than me. Um, I'm known to be opinionated and, and outspoken. And I've been around a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love the property industry, and I'm very aware that you know there's a lot of people that when I talk to them say, yeah, we d we do need to speak up about. Yeah, I th I th that's the, again that's the beauty of it because uh, people like you do need to be heard and and spoke speak up because obviously you get a lot of the podcasters aren't people like you and aren't people like your friends uh, because you've never listened to one before the, before this idea came about. So this is now the perfect opportunity for you to get guests on mm. that would that aren't heard in this way. Yeah, 
and I, and I think so. And, and, and you know, I'm also going to hit, you know, because of the charity stuff I've done over the years, I've got to know a lot of sporting celebrities and people from f film and music. And and they've, they've you know the conversation they they've been kind enough to say we'll come on yeah and is and that I, a range of charities or specific charities yeah no range of charities different yeah. charities I mean you know I've got um, a pet favourite in for me in, in terms of as Harry well knows the Willow yeah. Foundation um, but yeah any charity and we've supported lots of charities I mean again being an East End boy you you, you know that there's always somebody worse off yeah, yeah. Uh, and and again Great Britain PLC. If if we go into recession, the charities they already are, they're going to struggle, big time. you know, because people won't have the money to give to them, and we need to keep that up. and And that's where I go back to this thing about the industry. Why aren't we, why aren't, why aren't governments supporting it more? Yeah. Why why are we letting nimbyism? Why do we let that? Look, listen, let's be honest. Nobody wants five hundred houses coming next door to where they live. However, we've got to start being realistic here. We've got an ageing population. Mm. We're getting, there's more of us. More people want to come here. We're getting older. We live longer. Where are we going to put people? Yeah. Well, we're going to stick them under the arches, are we? And you always get the vocal minority out at events and they're the loudest. But those that need houses, those that need quality homes, they often don't get heard. And and this is why I, this is why I want to bring people on. And, and, and I've been very lucky because, you know, we are doing this very professionally, but I'm it's a good set. Not. Um, but the people are coming on because they know that we're going to talk turkey, so to speak. We're going to actually have a proper conversation. Uh, we 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 also want to touch on all the other things that go with that. Uh, and so I'm hoping yeah. that it's going to be something that people are interested in, um, and and they have an opinion, so that we can start a very sensible conversation about how we improve things. And it's not just guests within the development industry either. It's guests from a range of... We're going to have people here that do electric charging points. We're going to have uh, certainly movers and shakers of the industry, people that are CEOs. Um, we, we, we intend, you know, we've we got some bricklaying companies we're going to talk to, um, just looking at the brick there. Yeah. But also sports stars, you know. Mm. I think the other thing is, it's a, it, there's an old saying about, you know, uh, the Englishman in his castle. Yeah. Um, but I certainly, the British public, have got a big fascination with property. Yeah, yeah. There's a universality with it. Every, everyone's in it. Absolutely. To an extent. And, and it doesn't matter whether they've got uh, a little cottage, a little flat, or they've got a mansion. They are really, really um, big into it. And so there's an interest. So I'm going to be asking them what their property take is. You know, is it a necessity? You know, I'm sure somebody's going to come on and say, do you know what, I've got no interest in property at all. Yeah. I just need a roof over my head. Yeah. Um, so I think that will be interesting. And I'm sure we're going to hit on a few of their stories. Mm. Um, and also touch about, I mean, you know, our sports stars, I mean, most of you who know me will know I'm a big Arsenal fan. I'm a season ticket holder at Glasgow Rangers. Boo. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I've had half golf. the audience just switch off now. <laughs> yeah, no, well, half yeah, of half. And there's half that are actually <laughs> going to watch yeah. it more. Um, I'm big into my golf. Um, I think I've played every sport badly. Every sport? I think I've played every sport badly. I think we should find a sport that you Lacrosse. have played. Hurling. Um, okay. Right, okay, all right, fine. So I've played every sport. Horse racing. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I've had a horse. Oh, okay. Does that count?
Would you say that even from your background and school, what what what's your close friends from school doing now? Because well, I lost two of them passed away before um, we were twenty one. Um, okay, so go back to my school. My school, um, two schools in in one in Shoreditch, one in Bethnal Green. Because I was in Shoreditch, it was very cosmopolitan. Yeah. Very multicultural. My secondary school, which was called Dameford, which is no longer there, I, I, don't, I think it might be called something like the Bethnal Green Academy. Um, at that time, Idi Amin was the president in Uganda, and he um, kicked out all the Bangladeshis. Um, and they came and they, they took, lots of them took residence in Tower Hamlets in Bethnal Green. Um, so my signs uh, were in, I think, Bengali. Um, it, you know, I'm, I'm 10, 11, 12 years of age. It doesn't, it doesn't really register with you because mm -hmm. you go to school with people. Yeah. You know, we play out. We used to play football. We used to play football against the wall. We had a, a cricket wicket in uh, paint against yeah. the wall. Um, it was multicultural. We just didn't look at anything else. People were either, they were a wrong one or they were okay. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So... Um, growing up there, the standards at that school weren't great. Um, not that it would have made any difference to me. I mean, you could have sent me to Cambridge. I still would have come out with nothing. <laughs> um, but it didn't, it, it, it just, I, I don't remember my child being anything other than fun. Yeah. Good. You know, yeah, we had fights. Yes, we had gangs. You know, the, the Mayville estate was, was, was a, a gang, had gangs on it. Mm. Um, you had, I mean, I was lucky to have a chopper bike. You know, you had to be careful because if you went down the wrong road at the wrong time, you was going to bump into someone that might want to try and nick it off you. You yeah. know, you, you fought your way to keep what you had. Yeah. yeah. In saying that, you know, we didn't really have a lot to nick anyway. So, you know, we shared stuff. But yeah. So it was a rough council estate. Not to the nth degree that what we get today. Mm. I mean, nobody ever got stabbed. You know, we didn't have knife crime. Oh, okay. Um, you get beat up, or you could have a fight, but we didn't have the knife crime that goes on in the inner cities now. That wasn't there. Yeah. Um, we had a drug problem. Um, believe it or not, a lot of it was sniffing glue. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. You know, used to go. They used to go and get cans of Evo stick and put it in a crisp bag, and they'd sniff glue. Um, Were you ever tempted to go down that route? For some reason, no. Um, for some reason, no, I don't know why. Um, my little group didn't, except as of when I went to what I call old money secondary school, senior school now, um, that's when things changed. Um, maybe because we, I was going to a school, it was an all boys school that, you know, our ages from 11 to 16, maybe there was a different yeah. type of situation. My friends at that school, two of them got involved, I won't mention any names, but got involved in drugs and, and both of those guys passed away, one at 18, one at 21. Um, yeah, you know, sad times. I mean, mm. certainly when I was, my parents moved out of um, East London up to uh, Wormley in Hertfordshire when I was coming up to 15. Believe it or not, I used to cycle back every weekend on my Eddie Merckx bike. Um, To see him, and then you know, I just saw my, my friends drifting away, mm. really, in a different world. 
and that shift you had from somewhere a bit rough and ready to, you know, I suppose uh, what a lot of people see as sort of suburbia. And then obviously that shift jumping ahead a bit where you got into the golf world. Did you also with that shift of environments and people that you were mixing with, or did you feel like you remained pretty consistent? Good question. Don't know if I know the answer, to be honest. Um, I don't know, 15, I, w I was finding myself. Um, I, di I, I didn't drink. I didn't drink until I was 21. I made up for it since. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I, so I always struggled at school. Uh, and by moving up from East London to, uh, I went to Broxbourne School. The education, I think two years before that, had gone from a grammar school. Um, the standards of there, I mean, the, the, in my year, I mean, I was, I was way behind them. Standards of that school were fantastic. It was a great school, and, and I'm, I still see some of the teachers today. Believe it or yeah. not, um, do they remember who you are? Or well, yeah, for bunking off, yeah. for being troublesome. <laughs> I, I was never, I was never naughty, naughty, but I was troublesome. Can't be naughty if you're not there. No, well, that, that was one one day. One of the teachers came down in his mini. Uh, he came to. He, they, I think they did the school register, and they called out Blight and one of one of my mates who had the ump turned around and said, "I oh, was playing golf," <laughs> um, and the teacher came down in his mini. Uh, and he had a, he's a bit of a character in our part of the world. And he came in his mini to pick me up. And I was playing golf with a guy I still play golf with today who was older than me. And he said, who's this guy coming down in the sandals with socks on? And I said, shit, that's my English teacher. And he said, <laughs> I, I thought you told me you had the day off today. And I said, well, I did. I decided I wouldn't go in. But um, so, no, I was troublesome at school other than sport. Um, I love sport. Um that gives a lot of people discipline, sport. Yeah. Sport did for me. Yeah. You know, when I was um, in East London, I used to box. Um, I yeah. can tell. I think I had, yeah, yeah I've got, that's where I got the looks from. Um, I think I had three bouts. Um, I think I got a draw, but my dad reminded me that actually you know, I lost all three of them. But um, but they were bigger than me, fitter than me, and it was unfair. <laughs> that's the way I said yeah. it. But um, no, boxing was boxing was good for that area. Yeah, and uh, um, there's a, I've got a great guest coming on um, that uh, who's a boxer who's, who's who's been very very successful in boxing um, wow. and, and be a good but boxing you're right boxing is um, good discipline sports good discipline mm. yeah but I struggled at school really struggled and I left school literally with nothing and you know I remember I look at the kids now I mean the news make a big thing of it about the exam results and you see all these these kids opening their exam results and A levels and all the, a lot of kids that have dread that. Yeah, I was yeah. one of them, you know. And also, you, you you get picked out of school for it. I mean, I was lucky because I was okay at sport, so I didn't get dug out on it. Yep. But kids did get dug out on it, and and I always put a, a LinkedIn post out when the exam results come out and say, look, you know, for the, for the, for those of you that didn't succeed, don't worry, I'm a prime example that. It's like Jeremy Clarkson. He does. Jeremy Clarkson that's, does that. And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely yeah. right. He does do it. You're right. He's absolutely right to do that because it's not the end. You know, academia and, and having a certificate doesn't mean some of the some of the best people I know didn't know what they was going to do at 40 mm. and are still fantastic. And yeah. it comes down to what you want. Mm. But it, it definitely is harder now yeah. than it was back in the day for me. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that leads quite nicely on to how you went from uh, bunking off 
teenager playing golf to how did you get into the industry? Well, another failure, really. We might as well change this rather than blighty talks bricks, blighty <laughs> failures. Um, another failure, really. Um, love sport. Broke a bone playing football uh, in a football team that wasn't the best in the world. Got carried off in an ambulance, went to a hospital and thought that all of my teammates would be in tears. Um, and as the ambulance drove away, they just carried on playing football. <laughs> waved. Yeah. Well, I don't even think they waved. I mean, which was silly because I was the goalkeeper. You'd think they... No, I wasn't really. But no. Um, so, no. Um, I, I think the only time I ever went in the school library was to see what sports I could play that weren't team sports. Because that moment, and we weren't a good team, I just felt, well, they're not bothered about me. And so... I thought I'd come away from team stuff and I'd go individual. Um, and I went into the library to see what sports I didn't know about. They didn't have lacrosse or hurling. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get to those pages. But, and there was two sports that were individual that appealed to me. And this is a true story. One was tennis and one was golf. And the thing I loved about golf was it had more kit. And, and those people that know me, um, you know, all the gear, no idea. That's what I'm, my nickname is. You know, yeah. If I'm going to take something up, trust me. A bit like this no. set, really. <laughs> I suppose. Well, a bit like this set, yeah, probably only ever be used once. But um, it's a bit like, you know, I'm still I'm going to go and do uh, open water swimming. Oh, well, I've got everything. I've got a snorkel, I've got flippers. Honestly, it's like the SBS in the Honestly, shed. I mean, if the SBS, if you're short of gear, guys, come around my house, I can fit you out as well. Sponsored And by... I've also got a little wetsuit with a little tummy bit in it. You could get a couple of guns in there as well. So, um, no, so I took up golf, much to my dad's discipline. He didn't play golf. And also, Kit, we had no money. So I started playing golf. And then, so I fell in love with golf, it took over. Um, and the professional at the time that was the, the blue-eyed boy of the world was a guy called Nick Faldo, who I did then go on to meet. And I did go on to caddy for him when he was, for a charity thing, when he was uh, world number one after he won his, about two weeks after he won his second master's jacket. And I played golf, so I wanted to be Nick Faldo. You know, either good looking, that was the first problem I wasn't. <laughs> um, he was tall, that was the second problem I wasn't. Um, he had a really gorgeous girlfriend at the time, I, I didn't. Um, <laughs> but he had, a, he had a watch, I love watches, he had a Rolex and he had a Porsche and he had a number plate. I think it was NAF 911, his number plate, Nicholas Anthony Faldo, I think he's known. Uh, Funny what you remember. Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to play golf and I wanted to be a professional. I played for Hertfordshire. Um, but one problem, lack of ability. So it didn't happen. But by playing golf, I met a load of people that I wouldn't have met. It's such a sociable sport. Yeah. Such uh, a sociable sport. Still play sport. golf. And, and, and if I look at my, my phone book, the friends I've got, a lot of it's come from playing golf. Mm. Yeah. Um, a lot of people I met at charity golf. I mean, golf is another sport that gives... You know, golf got picked on recently because of the, the merger with the Saudis coming along and the money they earn. Go and have a look at some of these guys and see what they give what back. They give back. What yeah. they give back, time and money. You know, none of that really gets played. And the same with some of the footballers as well, you know. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we get caught up with a cheap story. Yep. So golf was what I wanted to do. Um, I tried to qualify for the Open in 84. St Andrews, um, the members at Chesant Golf Club were fantastic. They all put money in the kitty for me to go. Wow. Uh, my mum contacted a local car dealers in Cockfosters, Broadfields. Don't think they're around anymore. 
They lent me a car to go up to. I went up to Lady Bank in Scotland to try and qualify for the Open. Uh, my game was at the best it was going to be. And I missed qualifying by a few shots. Uh, and I remember coming off that golf course that day. It was the, the year that Severiano Ballesteros won at St Andrews. Uh, and there's a fantastic uh, photo of him bashing his fist down as he holds the winning putt. And I, I remember coming off that in the qualifying and going into the gents and taking the end cubicle uh, where I'd been in the morning and told myself how good I was and what I was going to do, sitting there and, and, and crying. Because um, I thought, well, if I can't qualify to get in the field, not win it, yeah, am I going to make a living at this? But then through failure, like that comes opportunities, mm. doesn't it? So with what you, you know... But I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I got back and there was a, a good friend of mine, a guy called John Pyle, who's, Harry knows, is still in our world today. Uh, lovely guy. And he said, um, why don't you go and get into property? He said, you can go on site and sell property. Well, didn't know anything about it. So I started pretty much that later that year not knowing anything about it it's what I talk about the property industry where you can go on yeah there, there, there are hurdles but if you want it you can go and do it and and literally I mean you know I think on the reservation forms we used to write them then I thought, they thought I was fantastic writing in capitals because it made it easier <laughs> what they didn't know is that, that was all I could write in <laughs> you know so that was the start of the property journey and 28 years on you're talking about podcasts and the, almost the politics of development. Well, that's probably 40 years on, actually. That's when I of started. Course, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Podcasts, no, it's your, it's your fault and your fault. You're the ones who got me into podcasts. It needs to be told. It needs to be told. Well, I, yeah. and, I, and so, listen, you scare me, you used to, so I listen. <laughs> what success for you with the podcast? It's a good question. Um, if I can help because we're on this subject, if I can help one person that's left school that hasn't got a qualification, feels pretty run down, and they make a career of this, then if this is the only one that ever gets aired, fantastic. The other end of the scale, yeah, I'd love that the um, the industry gets behind this because it's, yeah, okay, we've got a name for it, but it's not, it's not, blighty means nothing. This is about the people that are going to come on uh, are going to share their views. And if we can make a little bit of difference in the industry, fantastic. If we can highlight some charities that get more people to put their hand in their pocket when times are tough, fantastic. Mm. And and if we can... I love laughing. love yeah. having a good time. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I know the people coming on have got some great stories. Yeah, Whether yeah, or not they're going to unleash them. Yeah, it's up to you. Uh, don't, yeah, no, pressure. <laughs> no pressure, but yeah, no pressure. Yeah. So no, I think simple as that. Really, um, I want it. To, I want it to the benefit. You know, I think we. I think we've. We're all feeling pretty miserable. Yeah. Um, and I and I go back to the mental awareness a bit. I don't know. Is it too far? I mean, sometimes you've got to help yourself. You know, and I, I, I've been through a little journey. I mean, mm. Harry's sadly privileged to the little journey I've been through recently. Um, and I've. Not drinking on the head. Um, How long for? What's a bit that been? Three months. Um, okay. Nobody told me to. Um, but well, I think there's a bit more of a story to it. Maybe um, I don't. I'm not one of these. I've got some friends that every time they've got something wrong with them, 
they Google it, and then they'll phone me up and say, oh, "Blighty, I'm dying. <laughs> you know, I've got, I've, you know, I've, I've touched me body here. I've touched me body here. I've touched me body here. It's aching. Yeah. And 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 I've said, well, maybe you've got a broken finger, but. <laughs> It's a Tommy Jeremy Clarkson, Tommy Keeper, <laughs> keep up. Um, but I've never done it, but I felt, and I have felt for a period of time, low. Some of my behaviour patterns disappointed me. So I googled depression. And... You, you do this answer thing, well, look, my IT skills are crap, so I'm sure I'll press one or two wrong buttons, but the outcome of it was moderate depression. So I thought, okay, go and see the doctor. So I went to see the doctor, um, female doctor, amazing doctor. said, you know, I'm here because I think I might be suffering from depression. And there are some funny bits to this that uh, did make me laugh at the time, but... Um, she said, okay. She said, all right, Steve, well, I'm going to ask you some very personal questions. Are you okay with that? Yeah, fine. So she said, um, are you having suicidal thoughts? The moment that that word came out of her mouth, I believe time sort of seemed to stand still. It seemed. Yeah. And I'm sure it didn't. Yeah. But... When she said that, I actually looked over my shoulder. I felt, I didn't, but I felt I looked at me. And what came out of my mouth surprised me because I said no. But if I didn't wake up in the morning, it wouldn't worry me. Yeah. And that was a statement. And that statement back to her was like, to me, yeah. Um, she also asked... Um, if I was having any erection problems, and Jeez. I said, "Everyone's turned off." That's <laughs> of course, it. There we go. That's about. So, um, and so, no, no, we're we're fine. We're all good, doc. Let's move on. Yeah, she's quite attractive, doctor. But let's move on. No, all fine. Um, so I came out of that, um, and I thought I've got to do some stuff. And I am a socialiser. Um, I don't smoke. I drink too much. But I realised that I knew over the years that I could be four kinds of drunk. I could be at times a very quiet drunk, just sit there in the corner of the room. Um, I can be a really funny drunk. I, I have a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I've been out with the next two. Um, <laughs> I can be a belligerent drunk. And at some times, um, you know, I'd be a little bit aggressive. And And... Nine times out of ten, I, I always felt I was in control of those situations. Um, obviously wasn't, because if you're drunk, you're not. Um, but I realised that as much as I liked a beer and some wine and stuff like that, I had to take control. And and Harry's seen me probably in, in all four of those situations over yeah. the years. Um, and so I decided that I would stop drinking. And that's what I did. Uh, Take some discipline. And that was three months ago. Funnily enough, I haven't missed it. Um, I've always had terrible hangovers, so I certainly haven't missed them. Um, I've had one or two people close to me say, I'm a better person by not having a drink. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long I'd, I'd said I'd go 
for a three-month period. That period's up. Um, and I don't know whether I'll go back, what I'll go back, but mm. but I'm certainly aware. Um, and I think also accepting that I'm suffering from a form of depression or some depression um, has helped greatly. Yeah. And I've got a great group of people around me, you know, my family, fantastic in, in, in it certainly since you know and, I'm, and I we have a family whatsapp yeah. I stuck it on that a while back um, business is tough you know, there's no secrets business is really tough mm. um, all of our businesses we've got four businesses that are attached to the property world all four of those are under pressure um, but we're not we're, not, we're certainly not alone now yeah that's an industry um, and so yeah and, I, and so again when people were talking about podcasts I thought well I know there's other people out there suffering. And so if there's somebody that I know who might think that everything in my world's rosy, and it certainly isn't, then that might help them. Yeah. That's, that's a, I think that's a good way to end as well because that's, I think that's the great purpose of this podcast. It can span people across industries. You're going to have many guests on, talk about mental health, have a laugh, talk about stories, background, and it's really relatable that... I'm not sure about the laughing because my jokes are. <laughs> but you made seen. me laugh a few times. <laughs> but it's relatable, and that's that's the beauty of it. So yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to seeing what's yeah. What's bring, on, what's, bring on, bring on 2024. Bring on 2024. Bring on the next episodes. Well, thank you guys. Um, thank you guys for coming on. Um, I'm sure some people will wake up three hours later and say, "Oh, I fell asleep." Um, <laughs> but um, hopefully, people have enjoyed it. Um, we, we want to make a fist of it. We want to have fun. We want to be sincere. We want to be open. And uh, and I'm really looking forward to my guests joining me. But you two guys, it's been an absolute pleasure for you to interview me. And I think I got away lightly. That's Yeah, that we were very kind. Yep. Very good start. <laughs>